Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T-minus 37 seconds. Fight with growing e equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. And you know, I just love Finding Your Frequency Fridays because, you know, it's a great way to culminate the end of the week. You know, a little uh, a little Finding Your Frequency talk and talking to uh, professionals and entrepreneurs in their specific space and, you know, really just uh, diving deep into, you know, why they do what they do and who they are and where they come from and, you know, all those fun things. And, you know, in this world, we are also awestruck with social media and media in general. I was reading something uh, earlier yesterday that was basically stating that the average human being is like pulling their phone out of their pocket and looking at their phone like 250 times a day, which I went, wow, I probably do that too because I get about 300 emails a day. So I'm probably pulling my phone out every time my phone vibrates to get an email. You know, I'm looking at social media. Um, you know, I get all the all the reports and things for my kid's school all through my phone through an application called Class Dojo. Uh, and so that's definitely right. And, you know, it really, I think, makes it uh, to where your 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 attention span kind of starts to dwindle over time because, you know, you, you want to find things that are interesting quickly and and, you know, weave through the minutia of different things and, and, and really get to the point really is what I'm trying to get at. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, digital. We're going to talk about public relations. We're going to talk about you know, energizing your story for ultimate media success. We have a fantastic guest with us here in the studio, and she is the founder of Goody PR, and her name is Liz Kelly. Liz, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ryan, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, we all need to get to the point faster because <laughs> the average attention span of an adult is eight seconds. And that's where I came up with the title of my book, Eight Second PR, because you, you have to be clear, concise, and compelling or people are just going to go, next? Yeah, you know, um, I didn't get a chance to read your entire book because I just got it last week. But, you know, just looking at uh, some of the pieces and, you know, kind of going through it, um, that was interesting to read about the adults having an eight second uh, attention span and your job as a marketer 
becomes so much harder for PR and social and all the different mechanisms to basically uh, have somebody identify you when you raise your hand, right? Is basically what, what PR is, right? Everybody's raising their hand, but how do you choose that person, right? And that's what PR agents do and what's what um, that's what you do. And I think it's just, you know, wonderful that there are people out there that really have a passion for those types of things because, you know, a lot of us like myself, I like marketing. I think it's cool, but I'd rather just sit down and have a conversation and talk to people about what they want to do and how they want to do it um, and create the plan and allow somebody else to kind of go and execute that. Uh, and so that's what you do on a daily basis. You guys are creating plans with your uh, with your partners, uh, uh, with your with your customers and uh, going executing that, right? Absolutely. And it is all about the story. It's about telling something that connects to the heart. That's so important. But to go back to your question about where I found my frequency, I think uh, this is a funny story. When I was about nine years old, we used to do puppet shows in the basement of my house. And I used to direct the puppet shows. And I used to come up with the ideas of what's the story. So I really think it goes back to that. But it also goes back to what you were talking about with, um, you know, we're all so connected to our phones and where do we get these creative ideas? So the way you're gonna get a creative idea to tell your story is you're gonna have to let go of that phone. And what I do is I go on walks every day. I call it walking meditation and I put the phone down and that's where I get these lightning bolts with the ideas. So I highly recommend that to that's everybody. Awesome. So, you know, you started Goody PR and before you were at Goody PR, you were, uh, you know, working at a, a regular job, right? A regular nine to five. And, and so what, what made you find your frequency in PR and go off and go and do your own thing and live your dream? Well, after the puppet shows, no. <laughs> I will fast forward. No, um, I, I worked at MySpace, and I actually had University of Phoenix as a client, and Toyota, and Nike, you know, big brands. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I got laid off in 2008, I said, okay, I'm going to start my own PR company because I had written a book. It was a dating book, Smart, <laughs> are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Smart Man Hunting, which is a whole story in itself. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I got so many interviews repurposing that content and yeah. coming up with fun things. So, you know, for Valentine's Day, it was, you know, the first date kiss test. For uh, March, it was March Madness. How do you date somebody during March Madness? You know, so I just hard kept... to do, hard to do if they're a college basketball fan, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they they have a small attention span in March, especially. Uh, but yeah, so I, I decided, okay, I've had all the success reinventing the story. That's really what you have to do in PR. You can't just say, "Here's this shiny object." You know, t please do a story about my company. You have to mold the story. You have to get that emotional connection. And they have to get it immediately. The first sentence of a press release or an email or the subject line, that's it. They're not going to go beyond that if they're not interested. Yeah, and I think that also bodes across social media, too. When you're, uh, when, especially me, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, right? So as I'm looking at LinkedIn and I'm seeing, oh, do I want to connect with this new person? You know, I'm, I'm reading their profile information. And, you know, that profile that you put out on LinkedIn as a, as a business professional has to say a lot more about you than, you know, I'm Ryan Treasure. I am the vice president of operations for Voice America. 
Ticket.com. Well, what does that entail? How did you get there? Why do you do it? You know, uh, not necessarily giving away secret sauce about how you do something, but you've got to you've got to lay out the storyline in a manner where someone goes, "Wow, well that guy's really a uh, you know an influencer." I mean, just look at all the things that they've done without tooting your horn too hard, right? Like, how do how do you how do you walk through that fine line of you know really enveloping and creating a great story for someone's brand or their persona, but without going so far over the line where they're just you know braggadocious, I guess. That is a really good question <laughs> and a hard one. I think, you know, our tagline for Goody PR is let us magnify your good. So a lot of times you can just make it about the other person or make it about giving back or make it uh, how you made a difference in somebody's life. And then you're still telling your story, but it's coming across as you're helping other people too, which, and it's got to be genuine. You know, it's got to come from the heart. It can't be um, just up there. Yeah, and I think... I think that's where a lot of people kind of lose their, you know, they lose their way, uh, whether it be a brand and an organization or, you know, even if you're you're rocking and rolling in the gig economy. Right. And you're just picking up, you know, a gig at a time. You know, you've got to market yourself in the gig economy. You've got to market yourself, um, whether you are a corporate executive and, you know, working for Fortune 500 companies, you've got to market yourself, your business, if you're uh, an entrepreneur, a startup. And I think the way that you go about doing marketing across those uh, those different verticals is all different. Absolutely. Well, I think one thing that you just hit on is there's a personal brand and a business brand, and they need to be in sync now. Because, you know, you you have a brand with Voice America finding your frequency, but you also have the Ryan Treasure uh, brand. Go check out my website, ryantreasure.com. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. And you know what? That's That's interesting that you bring that up. For a long time when I was here at Voice America, um, you know, I was listed on the Voice America website and uh, as, as the VP of operations and all of that was well. And I got to thinking like, well, I need a sandbox for me to showcase to other people, not like I'm actively trying to go find other work or, you know, go away from Voice America, but I wanted to have a place where I could showcase who is Ryan Treasure, the person all all around and not just Ryan Treasure, the person who works in internet radio and, and does technology things. And so that's why I built my website, RyanTreasure.com, because, you know, I felt it allowed me the opportunity to tell my story because I'm not just a radio guy. So and I dubbed myself this, I called myself, I'm a technophile right and and that and that's uh that's like the the theme of what i went with when i was trying to tell my story of who i am when i built the website i love that and i believe everybody should have a personal website with their name because it's not just that business (laughs) brand it's that personal brand like you just said and i mean i i tell people i'm a magnifier yeah so would you say to everybody out there that they should definitely own their own domain Oh, absolutely. And I actually teach at UCLA Extension. I teach digital marketing. And that's one of the things that we talk about the first week. I have them come up with a business idea. And I say, you've got to buy that domain name. And then you have to buy the domain for uh, your personal name. And it's amazing how many people don't get that. They'll come up with an idea for business. One of them, I'm not kidding. It was, it was called Celebrate. 
That was that was a business name. You cannot buy Celebrate.com. No, that's widely somebody owns that, <laughs> and they're probably holding on to it, just waiting for the moment where they can sell it for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I said, well, why don't you add a number to it with meaning or something else? And and uh, once I dug deeper, what their business idea was to do birthday cards for big birthdays. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, why don't we just call it Celebrate Big Birthdays? And you can get CelebrateBigBirthdays.com. And then the lightning yeah. bolts went off. But sometimes, you know, people, they're, they're not thinking big picture enough. And, and one of the key points that I just brought up is when you're coming up with a name for a business, you want emotion in that name, but it's also got to be like a two to three word phrase. It can't be something like celebrate because yeah. you can't compete. Nobody will find you. Yeah, you know, interesting. And, you know, um, I always internalize my interviews with my own experiences with what we do here at Voice America. But, you know, from a marketing and branding perspective, we've always had a challenge because the name of our website is voiceamerica.com. And then when I'm out in public, they go, oh, you guys are Voice of America. And I have to then explain to them Voice of America is a government news agency that would, you know, could potentially be a front for the CIA, who knows, right, which was started in the in the Vietnam era. And, and that is not us. And so, you know, well, then they're like, well, you don't have your own brand. It's just a play on words. And it's like, no, you guys don't understand. Voice America. We give people a voice in America. So that way they have a place where they can come and, you know, spout their ideas and the things that they want to talk about, their expertise, just like, you know, professionals, just like yourselves. And um, it's been a, it's been a fun and challenging journey from a marketing perspective to really hone in on that messaging and making people understand that we are not that same entity, which is the reason why we uh, branded with all this crazy lime green. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of lime green in this room. <laughs> well, that makes you pop. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about brands and brand stories for a minute, because I think, um, you know, we, we talked earlier about there being, you know, uh, corporate America and startups and entrepreneurial pieces. And each one of those has their their brand story about who they are. And then like when you walked in, we literally have our company vision statement and a poster right there in the lobby for people to read about who we are, what we do, what we represent. And, you know, I remember going through the exercise of coming up with all of that information um, and it's and it's it's a challenging thing to do to get it right but how important is it to make sure that your mission statement your brand story and all of those things are in alignment for success oh it is critical and I will give you an example of what I call my goosebump client uh, warriors heart warriors with an s warriorsheart.com they are the first private addiction center in the country for warriors only which is military veterans and first responders and they help them with addiction ptsd mild tbi things like that and it's really powerful because i came up with the idea of this warriors only as a really quick way to explain it but their vision is to bring one million warriors home And by one million warriors home, what that means is when they come back from combat or they come back from service, you know, they don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. And so you want to bring them home. So that vision statement is so critical and they are such a powerful brand. So I encourage people to go look at that website. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, you're right. And, and. I can synonymize who we are with a, a simple statement. We're Voice America. We increase your brand, your scope and your reach. 
Well, that's perfect. Talking in threes is is an excellent <laughs> example. I try to coach people on that. And th- that's a really hard thing for people to do. But boom, 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 that's that's perfect. So how to develop a moving brand story, more important you know, than money, the book uh, for Rich Dad Advisors. Um, how did you guys work together? I know that you have several of those Rich Dad Advisors that you work with, and um, we've been doing an interview series together, uh, you and I kind of partnering and bringing them here to the studio or, or, or interviewing them remotely and you know, really picking their uh, these advisors. These are um, These aren't just your standard everyday money people. These are, you know, vetted human beings by one of the most successful money men in America, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, And to have and say that, hey, I'm only going to have seven advisors in these key areas. And those are my go to people for those things. And then you working with them. How do you help them to come up with um, some of those those uh, those those moving brand stories, especially since they're, um, I, I feel like those types of individuals, because they're thinkers, they tend to go off in probably 10 different directions at once. How do you, how do you reel that in and make sure that those, uh, ideas that they have for expansion and moving in different directions still adhere to the brand that you guys have created? Well, that is a great question, and I am very honored to have worked with a lot of the Rich Dad Advisors over the past 10 years, and Robert Kiyosaki chooses these advisors because they walk the talk of his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then they have all written books, and they're published through RDA Press. So you can go to it's rda-press.com and see all the Rich Dad Advisor books. And they talk about how to invest in the stock market, how to buy real estate and invest in it, how to sell, um, how to give back. You know, these are not the titles, but these are the themes. And so it's a really powerful brand. And what I have found working with them, they are all CEOs of their own companies. Mm -hmm. They are masters of their area of expertise. And what I've found is that they're so in – the details of of their expertise that they can't step back and they can't see a bigger picture story (laughs) that will connect with people. So for example, um, you know, uh, Tom Wheelwright, who is their tax expert who Mm -hmm. wrote Tax-Free Wealth, he he likes to make taxes fun, easy, and understandable, which is a great brand. And what we're doing uh, this week, actually, is we're launching a story that Tom wrote on Entrepreneur about how to never be afraid of the IRS yeah. and how to minimize an audit. Now, hey, my, we had such a great discussion about that whole thing when he was here for the interview. Um, I was baffled where he's like, well, if you own a business, you shouldn't pay taxes at all. Right. And and we really we went down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, because, you know, there's always, you know, in, in, in political theater nowadays, everyone's like, well, why? Why does, you know, President Donald Trump not show his tax returns? Well, he probably hasn't paid any taxes, you know, and the same thing with Jeff Bezos and Amazon, like they don't pay taxes. It's because every dollar they make gets reinvested back into the company. So there is no profit to pay taxes on. And, and you know, the way that Tom goes about explaining those with his uh, very charismatic way is just um, really cool because you it makes taxes fun because normally like, you know, you go to your CPA office and you're like, oh, numbers, 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 and it's all boring but um yeah he has a he has a different way of making that exciting he he definitely makes it exciting (laughs) and uh yeah amazon is a great example that he talks about and how jeff bezos has all these tax breaks 
and why it's a good thing for the economy because most people all they hear is all all these rich people are getting away with all these these tax cuts and and they are getting big tax cuts but the whole idea is to fuel the economy with jobs i mean Jeff Bezos has hired over 600,000 people. Mm -hmm. So when you explain it that way, which Tom has, then it's a much more powerful story. Right. Well, especially when you think about, you know, our government does need revenue to be able to do what it does and have a military and all that things. And, you know, instead of, let's say, let's let's go tax the Fortune 500 company. Well, no, let's tax the 600,000 employees because of the jobs that were created, you know, at that level. And so I think sometimes people do get misguided in that space because you get so wrapped up in, well, why aren't these big billion dollar corporations paying taxes? Well, they generate so much revenue revenue towards their employees who are having jobs and health insurance and spending money in the economy and in the marketplace, that that's where the real revenue comes from for us as a country is just creating those jobs because having those jobs creates the revenue for the IRS. As much as I don't like paying taxes, um, it's a necessary evil to be able to have, you know, things uh, like the Veterans Administration and uh, and, and CHAMP VA, which is health care for uh, veterans after they've gotten out of the military military and all those things and like and so i'm okay for paying taxes on some of that stuff you know <laughs> I, I am too and i but i tell people i know more about taxes than 90 percent because i have learned so much from tom working with him and i do think a lot of people don't realize taxes are your biggest expense mm-hmm. when you step back and you look at it you really should be looking at your taxes, and that's what Tom talks about, and then he breaks it down. Yeah. So I love that brand. I love that brand. But Warriors Heart, I want to go back to them. They're the, the addiction center for Warriors only. We did this amazing campaign because it was tied to Flag Day, and they actually make these handmade wooden flags during treatment, the veterans. And then they donate them to the Warriors Heart Foundation so that the money goes to the foundation to help pay for future veterans to go to treatment at Warriors Heart. And so we got so much play out of that. And, you know, it came from the heart. It was genuine where we were doing a auction and a raffle to raise money for the foundation with the flags. And then this is another key part. If you can find a moving spokesperson for your story, it makes it so much stronger. You're probably going to be the spokesperson. But in this case, they had, Warriors Heart had a retired U.S. Air Force colonel who did this auction and this fundraiser, and he went on TV talking about Warriors Heart. So I just had lunch with some of the Rich Dad advisors, and I explained to them that was so powerful because it was somebody else telling your story. Yeah, you know, and that's that. That's a really good point. I, I see a lot of companies with marketing where T-Mobile, perfect example, right? Like the CEO of T-Mobile has a Twitter account. And if you follow him, he's always talking about how cool T-Mobile is and he's doing all these things. And in my head, I feel like that loses uh, some genuineness because – of course, the CEO of the company is going to say that the company is amazing and, you know, they're doing all these great things, woohoo, 5G, all that fun stuff. But, you know, if you can get uh, somebody who's not vested in the company, per se, to also tout how good a company is or how, how their brand story has impacted them and those types of things, I think that carries so much more weight. 
I, I totally agree. And I started goodypr.com, but I also started something called goodyawards.com. And Goody Awards is online and offline awards to recognize people making a difference. And one of the things we did was we came up with a hero goody necklace. And it's a dog tag, and it says hashtag hero goody. And it's a dog tag, so it's unisex. Men and women yeah. would wear a dog tag, right? And we made it where anybody can give anybody a hero goodie, and then we'll write it up on the website, and then you get a chance to honor somebody doing good. Well, somebody really embraced this named Kelly Merritt. She's a cancer survivor. She starts buying all these hero goodie necklaces from us, <laughs> and then she's running around the country going to conventions. She went to a radio station and presented one to the disc jockey for making a difference. Oh, that's awesome. She went to the Vampire Diaries uh, you know, convention and gave one to Ian Summerhalder, nice. so, you know, who was the star of that show, one of the stars, and and, you know, we we empowered her to go out and make other people look good, and she thrived on it and loved it. Oh, we got to hook something up between Voice America and that. I mean, we we talk to so many people. We have we create like four hundred hours of radio content a week, right? It's a lot of radio, a lot of podcasts, and we get to we get to talk to great hosts. We get to talk to great um, uh, people that get interviewed and authors and speakers. And I would really love to get involved in that because it would be great for me to say, hey, you know what? I want to give you, uh, uh, you know, uh, the goody got the dog tag, you know, and be able <laughs> and be able to pass those out to people who are making a difference, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the whole idea of the goody words came from the fact that we don't stop to thank each other enough. Yeah. You know, we're all moving so fast. And this is just something little to recognize somebody. And and somebody sent one to a nine-year-old in London because he gave up his Christmas presents to give the money to the Ian Summerhotter Foundation. Well, he definitely deserved the goody award. And that, and that, that nine-year-old, <laughs> this was about eight years ago is now my friend on Facebook and he's still doing things to make a difference. So, <laughs> That's awesome. so anyway, it is wonderful if you can get other people to tell your story. Absolutely. You know, there are, I don't know, something like 750,000 podcasts out there in the world. There are millions and millions of YouTube videos about everything you can possibly think of. And so, you know, that, that sea is sometimes crowded and people in, in business, they want to be seen, they want to be heard. And so navigating all of those components and, and, and really, you know, putting yourself in front of the mass of information and media that's out there. How do you get with like paid media so that way you can get interviews on TV, print, uh, you know, go on CNN, you know, some of those types of things to kind of separate yourself from what everybody else is doing in the space of content-based marketing and creating videos and, you know, transcriptions and blog articles and all of those, which there's just a ton of that stuff. How do you help people go beyond that and get to, um, you know, that, that next level or influencer status? Wow, that's a lot. But um, <laughs> do you have three months? I'll teach you. No, um, I think um, 
I think it, you know, it really goes back to developing a wow story. That's what we talk about in eight second PR. So you need to dig deep. You need to go back to what makes you unique. Like my, you know, directing the uh, puppet shows when I was nine years old. That's something that somebody might remember versus me just saying I, I like to magnify good. That's not as good as directing puppet shows because that's a memorable story. Yeah. So you really uh, want to step back and think about it. And what I do is I do interviews with the clients and I'll just keep active listening and I'll keep asking questions. And if you don't want to do it with me, do it with a friend, you know, because yeah. you can do it with a friend and have the friend take notes and say, just keep asking me, listen for the key words. And what I say to people is I'm listening for the gold nuggets. <laughs> and, and maybe it's just I have a good ear for that, but you probably do too, being in media. I think that that is so important to go through that exercise because it is, most people, when you say, what do you do? They want to talk to you for an hour instead of just getting to the point. Yeah, and I, I think it's always, you know, not necessarily, uh, it's not necessary either, right? What do you do? If it takes me an hour to explain to you what I do, then either my company is so complex it's going to fail <laughs> or I haven't figured out my brand. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you a great story. I love the story of a really bad brand story and how I turned it around. I worked for Motorola's Iridium, which was a satellite company. And what the salespeople were doing was they were talking about how there were 77 satellites up in the sky. And if you called Washington, D.C. from Mumbai, it only cost you $11 a minute. And it went through all these different, you know, Technology pieces. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Nobody wants to hear that story, right? So the people who were in marketing had worked with me at a previous company, and they're like, Liz, you got to get over here because, <laughs> you know, they're making paper airplanes in sales training, and they don't know what they're doing, right? So, so three months later of corporate politics, we've all been there, if yeah. you've been in the corporate world, they finally said, okay, let's bring Liz over to figure out the story. So I put 20 people from marketing in the room and I say, okay, what are the five key selling points for this product? This is a, a really important tip to write down because it's hard to write five bullets that are the key selling points for the product. So we come up with that and then we come up with a two-day training program where we have life and death scenarios. So for example, instead of the 77 satellites up in the sky and all this technology stuff, we say, okay, you work on an oil rig in the Indian Ocean yep. and the power goes out and now you have a satellite phone with a solar power, and this was a while ago where, yeah. you know, not a lot of people had solar powers. So, so okay, you have the satellite phone with the solar power, and now if you have that, you're going to live. Do you want to buy that phone? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going, hey, here's a phone that when you pull out the antenna, it pings 11 different satellites, and that's really cool because that's how the technology works, but putting it into a, uh, a scenario, right, that everybody can easily understand uh, really sells home the, the idea of what it is. You know, we, we have that same challenge, too. Like when people are like, oh, you guys do radio shows. And I'm like, nah, nah, we hyper network you. And they're like, what does that mean? Well, when you become a radio show host and you're doing a podcast, every connection is a possible interview. It's a possible 
uh, you know, networking component for your business. You know, let's let's take away sponsors and advertisers for a second and just set that off to the side. Your ROI for meeting people specifically for the purpose of learning about what they do is so much more compensatory than even getting an ad or someone said, oh, hey, you know, talk about my company and I'll give you $500 on your podcast episode or whatever. But those implications of being able to make human connections, right, are so much better. And again, just like your story with the with the sat phone, right, you may you have to make that human connection and saying, hey, do you want to die or not? Right. You know, and, and being able to do that in your brand story in a short amount of time is like really important. Exactly. And so by doing those scenarios, and we had three or four of them, sales went up 40% in six weeks. So it really is about making that human connection. I I want a sat phone now, just in case you never know. (laughs) Well, it's really good for the media, maritime, military, you know, people that are in remote areas. Because if we live in a city, we don't really need that. Our cell phone works fine. And that was part of the problem at Iridium. They sold to the wrong customer. And the the company went bankrupt. They, They, you know, it was a huge story because they didn't have the story right. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting the story right, you know, earlier we were kind of talking about, you know, all of the different podcasts and blogs and websites and all those things that are out there. Um, How do you develop compelling content for your blog, for your social media that actually connects with fans? Uh, Because I think a lot of people who uh, who do marketing for their companies or brand awareness or even for themselves, um, I don't think they have a grasp or an understanding that. You can't approach Twitter the same way you approach Facebook. You can't approach LinkedIn the same way you approach Twitter, right? All of those pieces have different audiences, uh, different mechanisms and algorithms with what people are seeing, you know, and then moving that over to a blog and, um, you know, wanted to talk about, you know, content repurposement, Um you know, a perfect example is when we do this radio show, it also generates a video that I can put up on YouTube and I get a transcript that I can make a blog article out of. And so I'm taking one hour of my time uh, when we do the interviews and creating additional content marketing components because I want to drive listeners to the show. But from your perspective, how do you really weed through that and teach people how to make engaging social content that people will actually interact with in a world full of, I just want to watch cats do backflips. Well, I think <laughs> I think it it is about having that story, but it's also about thinking who is your audience and what do they care about? Because it's not as you said about you getting up there and tooting your own horn. It's really listening to what they want to hear. So, for example, some of my tips might be how do you write that LinkedIn profile or um how do you have good photographs on Instagram and mm-hmm. and how do you tag it and and I actually wrote a story for a travel magazine about how do you do different photographs and then we took the same concept of travel and we went with Tom Wheelwright the rich dad advisor who does tax tips and we had how to write off your family vacation so you can take different topics and see what your audience cares about and then apply your mm-hmm. tips to it. I wish I could write off my family vacations. I tried. You, you I tried. can do it. I you tried. can do it. Well, I have a little different scenario. Now, if you are a sole proprietor limited liability company, 
then absolutely you can figure out a way to do that. Um, when you have uh, different structures with multiple owners and that thing, then it becomes a little bit more cumbersome to be able to write it off. But I'm, I'm to, I'll call Tom. I'll call Tom. Yeah, call Tom. <laughs> you know, we hear a lot about uh, this thing called influencers. We even have a channel on our network called Influencers. And, you know, when I think of influencer marketing, I think of, you know, I'm going to go try to find somebody who has – you know, a few hundred thousand Twitter followers that likes my product, you know, and maybe if I throw them a couple of bucks, they'll, uh, you know, mention my product uh, on there. Is that what influencer marketing is? Can you can you break the stigma on that? Because I think a lot of people don't quite understand uh, the idea behind influencer marketing and number one, how it can sometimes A, be bad for a brand and sometimes B, it can really magnify or amplify a brand as well. Well, I think there are a lot of things to say about influencer marketing, and it is very important to have that as part of your marketing. And you want to think about who are your influencers and where do they live. But one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand is that there are different levels of influencers, and that could be based on the followers. It could be based on their platform, their reach. Do they have a TV show? Do they have a podcast? Or do they just have half a million followers? And what is, what is the topic? And there are different creative ways that you can market to them. So I want to give some examples from the Sundance Film Festival. You because, just came back from yeah, that. I yeah, ju I just came back from Park City, flew in this morning. And there are some really good examples from there. And the thing I will say is that Sundance, the brand itself, defines cool. So all these brands <laughs> want to be there, right? So what I noticed... And I was talking to somebody last night from the Sundance Institute about this, is that these brands have gotten really smart about getting all these influencers that go to the festival to take pictures with their brand. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Lyft was one of the sponsors. So they had like a ski lift with a big pink background. <laughs> and if you got on the lift and, and you you know, raised your hand or did something goofy, and then you go and post that picture on Instagram with the hashtag Lyft Lounge, then they gave you this hot pink Lyft hat. So, of course, everybody wanted the hat, and so everybody <laughs> posted the picture and put the hashtag Lyft Lounge in the Instagram piece. I thought that that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, Canon, Canon had 59 films at the festival that were filmed with Canon Films, which is really cool in itself. But what they did, which is absolutely brilliant, is they hired a professional photographer to do professional portraits that then you could use on your IMDb page. So IMDb, Internet Movie yeah. Database, everybody who's in acting, you know, these are the influencers for the film industry. They all have an IMDb page. Canon now has all these key influencers running around saying, Canon took my picture at Sundance. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they're in the business, too, then that also helps to sway, you know, technical director goes, oh, I heard, I've been hearing about these Canon cameras now because of all this photo action that's been happening. And so now they've got this, you know, um, somewhat subliminal preconceived notion of uh, going and using Canon products. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they were everywhere. And the line, people waited an hour to get their portrait done. This guy was that good. With the Canon camera. With the Canon camera. Oh, that's amazing. You talk about pictures. I have a friend of mine. His name is Ken Roshan. He uh, is uh, – uh, his company is called Amplified. He's a, he's a photographer. And uh, 
That's so funny that you say that. And he 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 will never own any other camera but a Canon. Uh, and you know he's he's a hoot. I'll have to hook you guys up too. Like he's a he's a hoot, best photographer ever. Wow. Right? Um, he's been to uh, like CEO space a thousand times. He's a teacher for that. Um, he runs uh, another business that he he works with called the Red Carpet Directory or something like that. But um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of power in pictures. Uh, one of his marketing things that he did was he he created what's called the Keep Smiling Movement, right? Um, Jack Canfield's part of this Keep Smiling Movement. Have you heard of that? I have not, but I love Jack Canfield. So we have this host who's on our network. He started the Keep Smiling Network, but um, not only is it a really cool thing to do as far as, um, you know, reminding people that, you know, we're all human beings and, you know, it's important that we, we take care of ourselves and we're happy, but when you're able to leverage that from a marketing perspective, right? And you have a card that says, keep smiling and you go to the Grammys and you have pictures of John Travolta holding your keep smiling card. You have pictures of, you know, um, really high-end celebrities all over the world and high-end CEOs all holding it, Jack Canfield. And uh, there's, we have a picture of Robert Kiyosaki with the with the Keep Smiling card as well. Um, and all of these different influencers in the space, you not only create a marketing strategy, you create an entire movement. Exactly. And that is an excellent example of something really small, but very catchy. Keep yeah. smiling. I mean, it makes you want to smile. <laughs> it absolutely does. You know, we've been talking about all these different mechanisms of marketing with blogging and, you know, social media and brand story and all that. And, you know, when you sit down and, and, and from a business perspective, right, the chief financial officer goes, all right, how much is this going to cost us? Right. You know, you, you bring in a a professional PR person, uh, you, 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 you set up a strategy, you bring on and make sure that you have a full-time marketing human being, at least one that's, you know, working on the socials, the press releases, the everyday kind of marketing components. And then you do that for a year and you get to planning for year two. And then your CFO says, where was our ROI from the marketing? You know, how do you measure that ROI not just strictly from a okay, well, it's it cost us a hundred grand this last year was our marketing spend, and uh, we increased our revenue by blank. I mean, obviously, that's a clear cut way of looking at ROI. But what are some of the intangibles on the ROI side besides revenue generation that happened by way of having good PR? Well, I think one example that I can give you from uh, Tom. The tax guy, Tom Wheelwright, uh, for tax-free wealth, after a year of doing PR, he had so many interviews that he had 900 books on back order on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And every book, that represents the potential of a new client for him. So it's not the whatever yeah. he makes on the book, $5. It is the fact that he charges to do a tax strategy. Yeah. It's also the lifetime value of that customer. If they stay with Tom for 20 years, there's a, there's a huge return on that. And then there's also, we're talking about influencer marketing, there's also that word of mouth, that, that buzz that happens that is intangible. But, but if you get other people talking about your business, 90% of people buy from, yeah. you know, based on friends' recommendations. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and we do that all the time when we're talking to people and, you know, they're like, well, why would I do a radio show with you? I, I don't know anybody that's done a show. And we're like, there's an email host button on every single one of our pages. If you want to question or have questions about who we are and what we do and how we've done with other people, feel free to email them. You know, uh, it's all like an open book. And I think you have to operate your business with transparency in a manner to create, you know, genuine content because, Nowadays, with social and, and the way things get amplified so quickly or magnet, uh, ma- magnified so quickly, um, if you're not genuine with what you do, you're found out quick, like right now, done. Exactly. It has to come from the heart, and that's why Warrior's Heart is so powerful. Josh and Lisa Lannan started Warrior's Heart, and their story is is incredible. It's inspiring. Josh was a... Uh, addict and he went to treatment and he had been running nightclubs in Las Vegas. Yeah. And they looked at each other and they said, we can't go back to Las Vegas and run nightclubs when he got out of treatment. Yeah. And, 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 and we're, and we're going to have them on. We're going to we're going to pre-record that show and yeah. have it air you know, the, la- the latter part of February or 1st of March. So, yeah. you know, you, you'll have to, you guys will have to tune in and listen to that story because yeah. we're going to get that one, too. Yeah, because yeah. it's amazing. And, and they have invested in real estate and they've actually done everything that Robert Kiyosaki talks about in his Rich Dad book. So they walk the talk and they've invested so much in real estate that they do not take a paycheck. So they do this whole thing, warriorsheart.com, for free. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm just a, a big stickler for people who are helping out our, our veteran community and doing that. Um, my father was a veteran. Um, I'm a veteran. I know a lot of veterans. Uh, and so, you know, just, just seeing the, the state that veterans come back from deployment, especially in this last recent go around, I guess, since 1991 or two or something like that, you know, in the, and identifying PTSD, not that it wasn't there before. Right. I just think that, you know, when people came home from world war two, I'm sure they had PTSD. It just wasn't diagnosed or, or, or looked at the same way that it is now. And just knowing that people have outlets for help in those spaces and, um, and, and what PTSD what PTSD can do to an individual, um, and knowing that they there are a lot of places to to give them help. Um, so yeah, we definitely want people to go check out Warrior's Heart for sure. Absolutely. So I think with repurposing content, I want to make sure I answer that question. What I like to do is come up with a theme, and what I mean is a theme for each month. And then you come up with the blog, you come up with the video, you come Mm -hmm. up with the pitch, you come up with the press release. And so right now with Tom, we're doing, you know, why you should never be afraid of the IRS and never (laughs) be afraid of of an audit. And an IRS audit is actually something people are more afraid of than being naked on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was thinking. I was like thinking maybe you were going to say the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> That's great, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're here talking with Liz Kelly. She is the author of Eight Second PR. Uh, this was a bestseller, right? Your book was uh, absolutely Amazon bestseller. Nice, nice. So, energize your story for success. Ultimate media success. That is. Make sure you guys go check out the book. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And of course, you want to go check out Liz's website at goodypr.com. The books at eightsecondpr.com. And you know what I think is really cool is not only do you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Um, 
but then you also spend time at UCLA Extension really teaching young people all of the things that you are doing on a daily basis. And I'm sure that you have so much experience from working with all of those people that, you know, those, those young kids at UCLA who are marketing majors and wanting to learn all of those things. Um, I bet you blow their mind sometimes. They, they do appreciate the feedback. I mean, really when they're in my class, it's like they're getting a one-on-one consulting because a lot of times I teach the class online, which is, the future. And so when I do it online and they actually do an assignment, then I write them detailed feedback on their business idea and on their ideas about influencer marketing, mobile marketing. That's a whole area that is really booming now. So it's a lot of fun. And I get people from all around the world because it's online. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, you know, as we kind of transition towards the end of the show, um, I just want to remind people that uh, Liz was responsible for bringing us Tom Wheelwright, uh, who 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 was on, and then of course we uh, we had Ken McElroy on the show as well as Blair Singer, who was on last week. We talked about the uh, uh, the sales dogs and the types of different dogs that match up with sales personalities, which was really really great. And you know, it's funny as Blair and I were talking about you know uh, just the concept of that. And I asked him a question and I said, well, have you ever met a mutt? You know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've met a mutt. And, I, and, and so then we, we figured out uh, we figured out that that's what I am when it comes to like selling and those types of things. I just I morph over to whatever site it is so I can uh, like neuro linguistic programming. Right. I can pace whoever that I'm talking to and kind of be on that same level as them. And um, which was interesting because I had never thought about myself in that manner. And so uh, Liz has been instrumental in bringing some great interviews uh, to the Finding Your Frequency show. And of course, we wanted to make sure to give you the opportunity to tell your story here as well. Um, as you guys know, Goody PR, uh, you can check out that website. Like I said, goodypr.com. Liz is passionate about magnifying brands, experts, and causes through marketing PR, social media campaigns with a powerful story. After working for Fox Interactive, Media, MySpace, like you heard earlier in Paramount Pictures, Sprint, and LA Startups, she decided to find her frequency and go off and not worry about that minutiae. And she has the intestinal fortitude to take a step forward and go out and do something that's different. Liz, I appreciate what you do. Well, thank you, Ryan. And I do encourage everyone out there to think about your personal brand and your business brand. But also, if you are an employee, please, please, please start a business on the side because you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to manage your own brand and think of a way that you could be different, like the Goody Awards that I started with the Hero Goody Necklace. It didn't cost a lot to start that business, and, and it really changed my brand. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I, I implore you guys, too, to do that. It's definitely important. Um, you know, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, right, he's a money guy. And, you know, you go through his his ideas of how they manage money and such. And, you know, one of the steps is to make sure that, you know, you have enough money in your bank account to um, have a emergency fund, you know, which is somewhere between three to six months of whatever your total bills are. Um, and if you are, are not having a quote unquote side hustle or doing something else, it's really hard to get to that space 
space to be able to be, you know, living in a space where you're not paycheck to paycheck. And if you have a little bit of a side hustle and something, who knows what it could turn into. And and so make sure you guys follow your passions, uh, do what you feel is right. Uh, and remember that you can always, always, this is America, right? Capitalism always wins. It It is. And you want to create multiple streams of income. And so I have the book, I have my business, I have the teaching, and I have the hero goodie. <laughs> but it, it, it all comes from the heart. It's all something I want to do. Yeah. So that's another thing you really have to think about is what do you want to do? And then how do you stand out? Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing, too, is, you know, um, Making sure that you don't—we talked about this last week on on the show, too, with Blair, just, you know, getting out of your own head, right? A lot of people don't do something because they have this idea that they're going to fail. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You know, and I have this conversation with my daughter every time she says the word, I can't, you know, and I'm saying— No, you need to change that narrative. It's not I can't, it's I can't right now, right? Because if you have that mental block in your brain all the time saying that you can't do something, well, then you're not going to do it. The law of attraction says that, right? And if your law of attraction is I can't, then you will never. And so uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Well, one thing that I remember when I wrote my first book that you're reminding me of, which was like my first leap of faith, (laughs) people told me, everyone is going to say you are crazy to do this. We don't need another dating book. Why are you writing another (laughs) dating book? And they said, you have to be so positive and passionate about what you're doing that you're not going to listen to that and you're going to keep moving. And so I would get up at six o'clock in the morning and edit my book. I was so into it, and I am not a morning person, but I was so motivated. Eight Second PR, the new book, I was editing that at three o'clock in the morning because I was like, I'm going to make the deadline. I'm going to get this out. And I thought to myself, this is nuts, but it was because I was passionate. So you want to feel that way about whatever you're doing. Yeah. Liz, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Finding Your Frequency. We have our fantastic guest in the studio, Liz Kelly. She is the founder of Goody PR. Go make sure to take a look at the website at goodypr.com. And of course, we also want to make sure you go check out warriorsheart.com and see what those guys are doing over there. Uh, and again, if you're listening on your favorite uh, pod catcher, and that's what you like that one, pod catcher, whether it be Google Play, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, whatever, you know, make sure to leave us a review. Five stars are way better than four. So just give us five. Uh, and again, you can always email us info at voiceamerica.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if, you, if you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, you know, send some feedback our way. Uh, and of course, you can always send me some Twitter action at Radio Ryan One. And of course, here for Voice America at Voice America TRN. Check out the website, voiceamerica.com. And of course, findingyourfrequency.net. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and this is Finding Your Frequency. And we'll be back next week. Stay tuned.